Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are reading through the letter of Colossians. Okay, a letter that Paul wrote to the Church of Colossae. And we're in the second chapter, and I want to back up, and I want to read really the entire first chapter. <laughs> you say, how boring. Well, maybe, but I hope not. And here's the reason. We saw in the previous episode, in the first five verses of the second chapter, that he said, for I want you to know something. He wanted their hearts to be encouraged, and he wanted them to know about the love and the full assurance of understanding and the true knowledge that one can have about the mystery of God that is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Okay, And he said, I wrote this to you so that no one will delude you with persuasive arguments. And so I want to go back and read the first chapter where we can see the truths that Paul was telling them and understand that the reason he was telling these truths is that where no one would persuade them with false persuasive arguments. Also, it gives us insight into what those arguments might have been. So here's Colossians 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and, the Tim, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossus, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as it has come in all the world. Let me say that again. In all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it. And understood the grace of God. Now, again, this is one of Paul's long, long sentences. Let me pause right here in this first six verses. He's saying this. You've understood the grace of God in truth. You have believed the grace of God. You have been saved. He continues on, verse 7. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason also. Since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You know, in the previous episode, we saw in the second chapter that he was speaking that same thing, that they'd have love and full uh, wisdom and understanding and knowledge. He's saying the same thing at the very beginning. He said, this is what I pray for y'all every day. Okay, he continues in verse 10. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness 
of sins. So we see here again, we see knowledge, we see wisdom, we see power. And he's declaring that this is who you have. This is who you are. So he's giving them foundational things, which today, folks, are no longer foundational truths that are taught. Sadly, most believers have no idea who they really are in Christ and the power, the power of the Most High God that could flow through them. Now, beginning with verse 15, he starts speaking more about the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, uh, there's all sorts of arguments that were coming against them, persuasive arguments, as we learn in the second chapter, that were undermining who they were and who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Verse 15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So just pausing for a moment here. He is explaining that it's through the Lord Jesus Christ that you're saved. It is through the blood of the cross that peace and reconciliation comes between mankind and Father. He's telling them point blank. And even by this time, there was great debate over that, if that's how you were actually brought in right relationship with God, or if there was even a need for such. Okay? The same things are said today in just multitudes of ways because people don't know what is said here in this first chapter. Verse 21, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. Positionally, folks, that's how we are. Holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. Then why do we sin? How many times have, have I said it? Because we choose to. Not because we have to. Not because I'm in a fleshly body and my body's reacting and there's nothing I can do with it. That is Gnosticism. This idea that, well, my spirit is pure and holy and my body wants to do these things and just does it and there's nothing I can do about it. So I just keep doing what my body wants to do. Though my spirit is clear. No. We do it because we want to. Verse 23. He says, if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Then closing verses. Verse 24. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I do my share on my behalf of his body which is the church, and filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is, 
the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. So you see why he's writing now to where they will not be deluded by these very persuasive arguments. At the beginning of the chapter, first chapter, he tells them who they are and what's happened to them, and he's just rejoicing with them. In the middle of it, he gives them more insight into who Christ is and the preeminence of Christ in everything. The firstborn preeminent in all things. And then from verses 24 to 29, he speaks of his suffering for their sakes. And he explains who he is and why he does what he does. That gives us more than subtle insight that there were people questioning him and wondering about him. He is given a defense of himself. He's not being defensive but he's given a defense of himself to where people will not be persuaded and deluded by these arguments. Well, again, I'm Dale. We'll continue on the next time. I'll see you then.